Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. This morning when I was spending some time with the Lord, he really put on my heart a message that he wanted to tell leaders. Now, when I say leaders, I am talking about believers that are leading in some way. I'm not just talking about pastors or, um, you know, people that are in charge of a big ministry or anything like that. I'm talking about if you lead in any way, if you lead at your job, if you're leading a group of people, if you lead even just one person, if you're just mentoring and leading them and, and helping them, then this word is for you. And the word that I had from Lord, I actually put it on here. It says that God is looking for a generation of leaders that are humble. That God is looking for a generation of leaders that are humble. Now, whenever the Lord was speaking to me this morning, I really saw this picture of us leaders. And and when I say leaders, I'm talking to myself as well. I'm I'm not beyond this. So when God gives me a word, it's usually for me first. And then I come and I tell you guys. So this applies to me as well. And it's very humbling whenever the Lord comes to you and says, hey, Carrie, you need to stay humble, right? And so I don't want you guys to think that I'm being whatever. I'm just relaying something that the Lord put on my heart that I believe is for leaders of this generation as well. And so he gave me this picture of us leaders here in the church, the body of Christ. And it, and there was a picture next to it of leaders in the world, and they were beginning to merge. They were beginning to look the same. There were there were certain characteristics that were making us look no different than the world. And, and God showed me that he wants to rip those two apart again. And he wants the leaders of this generation to exemplify humility. So what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, we know that the Bible says in, in James 4, 6, that God appro- opposes the proud, but shows favor to that shows favor to the humble, right? We know that that God is not a he is not a proud God in that he has pride, right? He doesn't go around whenever we look at Jesus. And we look at his story, we see the opposite of pride. We don't see a God that came and lorded over and oppressed and pushed down a generation of people. When Jesus came to this earth, what did he do? He humbly lowered himself. See, sometimes we forget that Jesus is fully man and fully God. We look at him as God in the flesh, but we forget the fully God part. We forget the authority and the power that he actually has. We forget that he is fully God. And so when we look at Jesus, we sometimes just think, oh yeah, he was a man like you and I. And yes, he was, but he's also fully God. So he was able, if he wanted to, he could have come in with an iron fist. He could have come down and he could have reigned in a way that the, actually his disciples thought that he was going to reign. They thought that the Messiah was going to come in and he and he was going to take over and oppress the Roman government, that he was going to, like a zealot, come in with sword and take down the Roman government, take down anyone that opposed the Israelites, and that he was going to reign and have this earthly kingdom that towered over and oppressed other people, saying, I am God and I'm here to reign and you have to bow down to me. That is not love and God is love. And love is Humility, love is coming down, lowering yourself down as God. You can do anything. You have the power to do anything and lowering yourself down into a broken, dark world and coming up under people and pulling them up. 
not coming up over people and oppressing them. And so this is why God says that he opposes the proud because he's against it. That's not how we're called to lead. That's not what we're called to do. I want to read in Philippians 2, 3 through 8. So Paul is talking to a church that's much like the church today. There's problems in the church, right? We're not perfect. We don't have it all together, but he's calling out certain qualities and certain things that he sees in this church in Philippi. And so when we read in verse three, we begin to see what's going on in the church and how Paul says we need to work to not be the way that we are. So it says in verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. See, when we give our life to Jesus, we have the mind of Christ. But sometimes we don't walk that out, do we? Sometimes we don't walk in that. Sometimes we let the world control our mind. We let our emotions control our mind. We let our feelings control our mind. But we need to learn to walk out and walk like Jesus. Have the same mindset of Christ. Put others above ourselves. And he continues to say, who being in very nature God, this is this is Paul talking about what who Jesus is and, and how he came to this world and, and how we can live our life. So Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Man, that's what I was just talking about. It's not that he came down and he was like, oh, I'm God. So I'm going to come up and I'm going to come up over these people and I'm going to push them down and I'm going to take over. I'm going to take them out. That's not what he did. He did not take advantage of the fact that he is God, that he has the authority of God. No, what did he do? Rather, he made himself nothing, nothing, born in a manger, nothing. Nothing. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so again, here we see how Jesus lowered himself being fully man, fully God. He lowered himself. He hung on a cross. He did not have to do what he did for us. And I know that you guys know this. If you're leading at any capacity, you know this. If you're a believer and you're leading at any capacity, you know that Jesus came to this earth and that he gave everything. He gave everything. He didn't have to. He did it because he loved. Because the Father loved him and he loved the Father and he was obedient to the Father because he loved us. He gave everything and he came down and he washed his disciples' feet and he met with people where they were at and he reached out to the margins, even though people were going to talk about him, even though he was going to be shunned and rejected and all of these things that he knew was going to happen. He did it anyway because he is a God of humility. And that is what he is calling us, the church, the leaders of the church, the, the people that have authority and whatever part of your life you have authority, this is what he's calling us to do. He's telling us that he is tired of seeing us come up over people and oppress them. This hurts his heart. He's like, this is not love and this is not okay. And I just saw the Lord telling people that they, that they have a chance. You have a chance right now to repent. And that's the first thing. We're going to go over this in a minute. 
the things that we can do to come out of that, that, that we're going to have a chance to repent and to lay it all before the Lord. But there's going to be a time that the Lord is going to say enough is enough. And, and in his love for us, because he understands what pride does to us and in his love for the people that we're hurting, he's going to have to remove us from those positions of authority. If we do not decide to humble ourselves before the Lord. And that is the word that he has today. Now, I want you to hear this. If you're listening and you believe in Jesus Christ and you are a believer, that then you are a new creation. You need to hear this, that there now is no condemnation in Christ. So don't go and start beating yourself up and feeling bad and all of that. No, let this message, let this word be a place of, of conviction for you of like, you know what, God, I have been like that with people. You know what we all have? We all have. There have been times in my life where I've found myself thinking, oh, well, I have the authority so I can cut. And, and I've asked God to help me with that. And it's something that I'm going to continue to work on for the rest of my life. I never want to come up over someone, but I'm also not perfect. And God understands that he sees our heart, but he's asking us to come to that place of repentance, come to that place where we're willing to say that what we've done is not okay, that we have sinned, that we have fallen short. And that's number one. If you are in that place, and I'm going to give you some things to get out of it. Maybe you're like, Carrie, I didn't even know I was doing this. Maybe God has brought you. I just feel like there's some of you that you just didn't even know that you were treating people bad. And, and God sees that, but he's bringing it to light now. And he's giving you a chance to come to that place of repentance and just lay it down at his feet. So that's number one. Number one is repent and ask for forgiveness. That's the first thing that we can do, man. It is so freeing. It is so amazing that we have a God that all we have to do is come to him and say, God, I, I messed up. I sinned. I fell short. I repent. What do I mean by repent? I, I, I change my mind. God, I see now that what I was doing, I may not have seen it before, God, but I see now that what I was doing makes me fall short. It, it makes me, that is a sin. That is something I don't, I don't want to live like that, God. I don't want to treat people like that, God. I don't ever want to come up over people and oppress them like the world does, God. I want to be like Jesus. I want to come up under them and lift them up. See, we have the opportunity to come to the Lord and say, God, I repent. And Father, forgive me. And he instantly says, it is finished. It is done. It is finished. And, and, and he forgives us. It's done. It's finished. We don't have to wallow in that. We don't have to sit in that. We don't have to beat ourselves up about that. This is a beautiful thing, guys. We don't have to sit in that. Somebody needs to hear that. Don't sit in that. Don't. God has brought to mind some things in your life that you've done, some the way you've treated people, and he's bringing those to mind, and the enemy's trying to mess with your mind right now, and he's telling you that you need to sit there, and you need to feel guilty, and you need to beat yourself up, and the Lord is saying, don't do that. That is not what this is. This is a time of repentance and acceptance of forgiveness. Now let's move on to number two. Amen. All right. Number two is submit to God and resist the devil. Submit to God and resist the devil. James 4, 7 through 10, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. The, the word tells us to submit ourselves. Now this verse comes right after God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So it's telling us, okay, God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. He gives favor to the humble. So what do we do? And James says, this is what you do. You submit yourselves then to God. 
You submit yourself. You go to the Lord. If this is something you've struggled with or you're struggling with, if if you're a well-known leader, you're most likely going to struggle with this a lot because there's something about being in the spotlight. There's something about people constantly coming to us that somehow it gets in our head. And, and in order for us to not get stuck in that cycle of oppressing or, or full of pride or whatever this is that you're struggling with, then this is something that we can do. It's a practical thing that we can do to break that cycle is after we repent, after we accept God's forgiveness, then we come in and we say, okay, God, I can't do it anymore. I submit this to you, God. I know that this is a problem. I know that you forgave me. Remember, we're not getting stuck in it, guys. I know that you forgave me. I'm ready to move on, but God, I can't do this without you. So I submit my life back to you, God. I can't do it, but you can. That in and of itself, just that piece of this is going to keep us humble. Because we're saying that we're not enough, but he is. We're saying that I can't do it. If I try to do it, I'm going to treat people wrong, God. So I need your help. I'm submitting myself to you. This is such an important part. And the second part of the scripture says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And this reminds me of when Jesus is tempted. What does he do? How does he resist the devil? He uses scripture against the enemy because Satan comes into him and he twists scripture. And then Jesus comes back with scripture and it's the truth that sets Jesus free in that moment. It's the truth that he uses in order to defeat the enemy. So if you don't know the truth, then I highly suggest you go home and you start studying and you start reading the word. You start getting it into your mind and into your heart so that when the enemy comes up against you and you begin to think, that you're better than other people and you begin to think that you're above doing certain tasks, then you go back to the word and you study and you look at Jesus's life and you begin to read about the things that he did. And that's going to be inside of you. And you can use that against the enemy when he comes against you. Amen. All right. Number three, and this is our last thing. Number three is always be willing to clean toilets. Now, this isn't literally. Now, it can be. It can be, right? I mean, if you live in this house, I seriously, I live with three boys and a husband and cleaning toilets is very humbling to me. It's very humbling and I do it quite often. And I get frustrated sometimes about it. I'm like, I shouldn't have to clean the toilets. Well, maybe I should. Maybe it keeps me humble, right? But I'm not just talking about toilets. I'm talking about when we are leading, when we are put in charge, when God has given us authority over any kind of people, whether, again, it could be a large group, it could be a small group, it could be a one-on-one. When you are leading someone We never need to get to that point to where we think we're too good to do something, to to where we look at things as like, well, I'm too big now. I can't do that. And this is something that the Lord has really impressed on my heart, especially for leaders that are leading over larger groups, is how it can be tempting and how it can be hard to, to actually get your hands dirty. Because a lot of times, I know with me, it's I don't think that you start off that way. I I think that because with me, the way the Lord has done it with me is in the beginning of this ministry and starting it, he's had me do a lot of those, those hard things. He's had me actually be the one that does the difficult things, the admin things, all the things that I don't have giftings for. And I've questioned why, and God has shown me because he doesn't ever want me to think that I'm too good to do those kinds of things. And he wants me to remember what it was like to do those things, to do the, the hard nitty gritty things of starting this ministry. And so I want to carry that into when this thing grows and and we get bigger and we get more well-known. And I never want to forget to get my hands dirty. I never want to get in that place where I think I'm too good to quote unquote 
clean the toilets. And I'm not just talking about, because I've seen some leaders where they go and they do things just so that people can see that they're doing them. Kind of like Jesus talks about how the Pharisees would pray, thinking they're all that in a bag of chips. God doesn't want that. That's not humility. That's actually pride. That's actually going out and serving so that you can be seen. But what are you doing behind the scenes? That's what God is asking, guys, is what are you doing behind the scenes? Always be willing to serve. And where does serving start? It actually starts in the home. So if you have a family, that's where you should be serving. And this is hard to hear. I know it's hard for me. But again, God speaks these things to me so that I can first learn and then I can share them with you. So I'm right there with you guys. But this is going to help you if you learn to always be willing to get your hands dirty and and nobody ever sees it. Remember, if nobody ever sees it, will you still do it? Is that something you're willing to do? And you know what? If you say no right now, that's okay. If you're with God right now and you're spending time with him and you're like, God, I can't do that. Then you know what? Go back to number two and submit it back to him and ask him for help because he will get you there. He will get you to that place where you're willing to serve in the dirt, where you're willing to go and wash your disciples' feet. I just think about Jesus at the end of his life when he's about to die and he's on the cross. Instead of complaining, instead of griping, which is where a lot of us would be, instead of like making noises so that everybody could hear that you were in pain, right? We do that, don't we? We're like, just so that people can hear us and know that we're in pain. Instead of doing that, what does he do? He begins to make provision for John and his mom. He begins to help people or he continues to help people, right? He continues to pour out in his, in his hardest time in his life here on earth. And the most painful moment that he spent on this earth, he is literally helping other people. He is literally loving people where they're at and he's helping them and he's pouring into them as God. He's humbling himself and coming up under them and lifting them up. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you are a leader of any type, I want to encourage you to go back through these things. I will be praying for you. I'm going to pray for you at the end of this. And I pray that God continues to show you how to stay humble. And if it's something you've struggled with, that God will use some of these things to reshape and reframe. And I, I, yeah, I feel like there's some of you that it's just a mind thing, that the enemy's just been lying to you and saying that it's okay that you do it the way that you're doing it because that's your personality or that's that's how God made you or whatever. And that was the excuse that I used for a long time. And that's what it is. It's just an excuse that doesn't, it doesn't matter what our personality is. It doesn't matter what whatever test tells us, oh, we're this way or that. No, we are Christ followers. We are followers of Christ. And so we look at him and yes, we, we may do things a little different, but we can still, no matter what, come up under people and lift them up. Amen. Amen. Amen.